You're listening to The Bruce Parrish Story. My name is Josh Shelton. In this part of the story, my grandfather gets more experience in direct sales and public speaking. He ventures for a while into politics and mentions a group that's probably less familiar to my generation. The John Birch Society was popular in the 60s and 70s, and they made a bit of a comeback in the last 10 years or so. I don't share my grandfather's views on politics, and as with many families across America, the last couple of election cycles brought on some heated conversations. But this isn't the origin story of a politician, and I can respect how the threat of communism would look very different for someone who grew up in the era of Stalin and Mao. My own worldview and priorities have certainly been influenced by growing up with Columbine, 9-11, social media. Particularly in this episode, but also overall, it would be nice to have my grandmother Linda's perspective. But I'm going to need some help pressuring her to make recordings. (laughs) So if you agree, please reach out to me, or if you're already friends with her, let her know yourself. Either way, thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Bruce Parrish story. I've made some bad decisions and I've made some good decisions, but, uh, I guess I've learned most by maybe the bad decisions that uh, that I made in the journey, but um, but anyway, we we found a little house uh, there, and uh, it was a two bedroom. It had a, a utility room and a living room and a kitchen, and uh, so we moved into that uh, house on Buckingham. There in Rockford, it was inside the city limits in a nice little bedroom community, uh, not too far from a grocery store and not too far from the church that we attended. And uh, so we lived there uh, in, the, in, that, uh, in that little house. Um, before Denise was born, I had written a letter to my parents back really in August of 62, before she was born in November, a letter that um, sort of expressed my fears about parenthood and whether I would be able to be the father and provide for my children uh, like I would need to, and expressed uh, uh, regret for the trouble that I'd given my parents in and, and growing up. And... Uh, talked about uh, that if uh, the baby was well enough that in December of 62, we would uh, take Denise uh, to Jackson to show her off to to my family. And um, as I remember it, the weather began to get bad as Christmas approached. And about the time, uh, the day before we were planning on leaving, the weather report was that snow was coming in, so we loaded the car up, fixed the bed up in the back seat for Denise, and jumped in the car that night and drove all night uh, down to Jackson ahead of the snowstorm that was scheduled to, to come in. 
but uh, but we did make it to Jackson and we were able to show uh, our new baby daughter, our beautiful little girl, off to, to the family uh, in Jackson, uh, Tennessee, that uh, Christmas in 1962. I put on a dog show there in Rockford and um, in September of 1962. Uh, had a picture in the paper of my being there as a representative of rival packing company. And we were putting on a, a dog show there. And um, the write-up of this, the, the company had contest for tying up with events for the National Dog Week in the country, put on by rival packing company. And uh, the event that uh, I put together there in a shopping center in Rockford won first place. And so I won a camera for uh, winning first place in that contest that the company had put on about the National Dog Show. So I was... Uh, got recognition from my employer because of my creativity and because of my being able to accomplish uh, that dog show in, in Rockford. But, uh, I continued to work on for Rival until about um, 63, I believe it was. The future was sort of limited uh, with Rival having been exposed to uh, the Dale Carnegie courses, and they also had uh, among those a Dale Carnegie sales course. And so I was uh, introduced to a lot of sales managers and people who were in the selling field. And one of the businesses that seemingly had a good financial future was Kirby Vacuum Cleaner. And uh, so I resigned in June of 1963 from the position I'd had with Rival for really about three years and eight months uh, to take a position as a door-to-door -door salesman with Kirby Vacuum. That didn't uh, work out as well. The really, the vacuum cleaner sales at that time was um, a real high-pressure sales and uh, you more or less... Uh, train that you you stayed until you got the order the no no excuse justified them not in purchasing and getting a curvy vacuum cleaner so i only did that for a short period of time and one of the other companies that had been sort of seeking me out was uh, another direct sales company called lindsay soft water and this was direct sale to the home like the kirby was but the water in the Rockford area was bad, and you needed uh, the water softener to do laundry, to, to eliminate the hard water and the rust and things in, in the water system. So it seemed like that there was a far greater need for water softeners than there was vacuum cleaners in, uh, in the Rockford area. So I went to work for Lindsay Soft Water Company, and the... Uh, owner of the business uh, was impressed enough that he made me the sales manager of Lindsay Softwater uh, 
franchised outlet there in Rockford, uh, Illinois. We had about eight salesmen. And uh, I worked with them. Uh, we would do uh, building, home building shows, and we would set up in grocery stores with a display. And we had a gift we would give. You could allow us to come and make a presentation. Uh, you had a water testing kit, and you tested the water. And uh, it was uh, good visible evidence as to the condition of the water and how water softener would uh, would be of benefit to them. So uh, I continued to uh, work there with Lindsay Soft Water until uh, the end of uh, 1965. And uh, it was while I was still working for Lindsay that uh, I got uh, interested in politics and uh, ran for precinct committeeman in March of 1964. The first time I ran, uh, I lost by two votes. And then the next time I ran, I was unopposed, so I was elected precinct committeeman. As I'm dealing with these uh, challenges uh, before me, I'm feeling that uh, God is still dealing with me and is calling me into ministry and uh, I uh, shared with Linda several years after we married that I felt like God had called me into the ministry and she said I never could be married to a minister and I said well I don't think I could ever be one so I tried to bargain with God let me serve you some other way, let me serve you by being involved in the local church, and taking responsibility there, and, and uh, yet God's call seemingly was uh, still on me. And Lord, let me serve you in politics. And so I got involved and ran precinct committeemen. And uh, as I got involved with the Republican Party, uh, I saw that really you individually didn't have much influence that you had to go with a party line if you didn't follow the party leaders uh, you really didn't have much of a voice much that you could do because of the system that was there got involved with another organization uh, called the john birch society which was a strong voice against communism and their inroads uh, in the 60s into our government and to religious organizations and uh, even into my church, uh, I began to realize that uh, the National Council of Churches was greatly being influenced at that time by communist thought. And the curriculum writing of the Methodist Church was guided by the National Council of Churches. And so I began to talk with my pastor to Methodist Church and began to find more and more that we were in disagreement with I believed in born-again experience an individual has making a decision to accept Christ as his personal Savior and Lord. And in the Methodist Church, uh, the concept is sort of that uh, like a, a young boy does not know when he becomes a man, it's, it just sort of happens to him in the same way with faith is that you're exposed to it and then one day you just wake up and you're a believer now because you've been exposed to this over a period of time and and um, being a personal decision 
was not really how one came to be a follower of Christ. And um, so I began to look around and uh, for a church that more nearly fit my belief. I believed in immersion. And so we joined Temple Baptist Church there in Rockford. And uh, the, uh, the fact that uh, I had never been immersed or Linda, we had both been sprinkled, she in the Presbyterian Church and me in the Methodist Church. So we were, we were baptized, immersed uh, into Temple Baptist Church and began to teach, attend that church there uh, in, in, in Rockford. And so um, my job, I had gone on from Lynch's Soft Water and then the beginning of 1966, began to work for Success Motivation Institute uh, based out of Waco, Texas. And it was a personal development program that salespeople and business people uh, tended to purchase. It was a set of records that uh, was a plan program of progression that you listen to and so again you were targeted toward business people and business owners and salespeople as you market for that and uh, I worked for that company for about three months again it uh, was really more of uh, not a product sale but it's uh, finding the right word you're selling a concept to an idea uh, it, it's not something you can purchase like a water softener, but uh, you're selling an idea, a result of the use of the, the tapes and so forth. So I had another offer then with uh, another company, Rockford uh, Polymer Development Corporation, a plastic company that was getting started, and they were needing a salesman to call them manufacturers to uh, sell plastic products. And uh, so I began to work for them in um, 1966. I began to work uh, for them and uh, was working for them until the fall of 1967. Uh, God continued to deal with me about, about ministry and in the summer of 1967, we had um, been on vacation in Gatlinburg and came back through Nashville and went to church with my brother Bob and his wife there at a church in Nashville. And it was in that service that uh, I was just overwhelmed with a sense of God's call in my life. And so I accepted prayerfully that I would try to follow what God was leading me to do and um, so I went back and when we got home I shared that with Linda and uh, she didn't feel that she could do that at all so I went and talked with my pastor at Temple Baptist Church and he said well if God's calling you then he'll call your wife too and um, so in about two uh, six weeks from the time I had initially told Linda that uh, I felt like God was calling me into the ministry. 
she came in one morning and said, well, I don't know why it is, but if you feel like God is calling you, then I'm, I'm willing to do that. And uh, so I began to try to see the, where I needed to go, what I needed to do. I was going to go back to Jackson, Tennessee, to Union University, where I had walked out and uh, a pastor back at home church in Jackson, Tennessee, had graduated from Mississippi College, and uh, he suggested I fly down there and visit the campus, and so I did. They had housing for ministerial students. They had apartments uh, that they had just built six months before. They had a vacancy, and uh, they had some scholarship money, and it just seemed like that was the place that God was, was, was directing us, and so we went back home, and I shared that with Linda, and we put the house on the market. And uh, within a week of it being put on the market, uh, it sold. And uh, we had uh, bought this house just a year before. Having moved from across the street, we had uh, Michael born in September of 64. And uh, this is about 66 that we moved into another house, Buckingham Street, just across the street from where we were. The most difficult move I ever made because basically I moved in a little red wagon. September of 1967, we began to make plans to go to Mississippi College. We um, sold our home and, and some baby beds and loaded into a U-Haul truck. I attached a little Plymouth Valiant automobile to the back of the truck. Linda and Denise and Mike were going to fly to Jackson after we got the apartment set up. So I left Rockford driving the U-Haul truck. But, um, I remember stopping in Memphis at a truck stop and um, lay down to sleep there in the cab of the truck. I woke up some time later. Semis had pulled in. I was there by myself on both sides of me. And I raised up in the cab of that U-Haul uh, truck wondered what in the world am I doing here? All of our belongings are in this truck. I've left the comfort of our home and work and on my way to Mississippi College, Clinton. The reality sort of came to me then that uh, yes, there was a lot of unknown ahead, but uh, I was following what I felt was God's directing of our lives.